What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. What's up, Breasties? It's Danny J. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, was it you or was it? I forget. Someone was like, oh, last or like a couple weeks ago, Danny just goes, what's up, y'all? Or like, what's up, Besties with the Breasties? And I just go, hey, it's Jill Coleman. Like, I didn't even acknowledge. <laughs> we just like kept going. I think you said you was Danny Jizzle. And I go, it's Jill Coleman. And we like just didn't even acknowledge it. Just go. So, I am just looking at this zit in the video and it's driving me. I should have put some concealer on, but anyway, we're going. With it. You know what it looks like? It looks like a Cindy Crawford, you know, there, throwback there we go. mold yeah. thing. So it's in a good spot. Middle of the forehead would be <laughs> not the best. So, you know, there was one thing I did like about the masks was when I had zits, it just, I could just cover my lower face and that was great. Yeah. But not about to bring masks back. Uh, this is Danny J, by the way, and this is Jill Coleman. Well, we got—I <laughs> think we have a um, we have a reader listener question. I would say a reader listener question, uh, and this is a good one. It's a juicy one. Yeah. So this is in the Facebook group, Lauren. Um, I'm going to kind of summarize. Basically, Lauren has a question about, or just kind of a share. She said, "You know, life is crazy as it all is. She has kids. She she works all of the things, and so sometimes she." likes to vent as we do. But her husband has told her that he just wants positivity and her venting is actually emotional dumping. She's like, okay, well, listen, what do you want me to do? You come home from work and I got gauze on my thumb. Am I just supposed to say like an angel kissed it? Or do you want me to tell you the truth? Like I sliced my thumb open. So she's a little bit confused. She said, I'm grateful, joyful most of the time. I express gratitude regularly. I don't pitch and complain, but sometimes I just want to vent to someone who's close to me, my husband. So she also said she doesn't want to have to get a therapist just to, you know, complain about the school car line because it's dumb. So question is, is should she be able to do this? Is it about right or wrong or just differences in what, pe- what information people want to take in and be aware of? Um, I should be able to tell my husband this, I think, but maybe not. I hope this makes sense. So that was mm-hmm. kind of summarized. And I thought it was a great one because I think <laughs> I think there is a line between emotional dumping and venting, but I also think we do need to have spaces and places where we can vent and and it's important to know who you can go to for that stuff. So yeah, this, this is, a, is a good one. And honestly, like for my first impression of this is I feel like this is like the age old complaint that people talk about the difference between men and women in general, mm-hmm. right? So it's obviously a gross generalization, but how many times have we heard like, hey, men, sometimes women just want you to just agree with them. Like mm-hmm. they just want, they just need you to go, you know what, honey, that sucks without trying to fix it. 
And so I think if your husband, and this is just, and I honestly, I think I'm more like the husband in this situation, but I think what would frustrate me if I were him is if there wasn't some sort of solution or action to take. So I think that's very, like, very, like, we're, we're going to do a throwback to Kelly, but this idea of this, like, masculine energy, right? Masculine wants to solve something. They want there to be an action item. There wants, there wants to be a solution to something. So when you're just saying, you know, this, the car pickup line is fucking, you know, ridiculous, like, he's probably getting frustrated because he's like, well, I don't know what the solution is. You got to pick up the kids, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, because that that would be my frustration too. And I think I, I'm more that way. So I kind of like relate to that. Of course, I have moments where I just need, like I talk to you and I want you to just agree with me that it's all bad or it's fucked up or whatever. But I think more than anything, I think probably the frustration is coming because you can't fix it for you. Like you, you know, you hurt your finger and it's like, nothing to be done for. It just sucks. Like you got to just sit there and wait for it to heal. You got to pick up the kids from school and the car line is long and it sucks and these parents can't drive and like whatever. So it's always going to be that, but there's no solution. I think especially for men, they want to be able to like move. We got to go somewhere. We got to make progress with this thing. What's that solution there? And so I want to validate, I think this really does come down to that like age old difference by again, gross generalization between men and women where women just want to be like, it's bad, right? And we want to feel the connection where a man wants to solve and wants to progress and wants to move forward and wants to take care of you, right? And provide for you. And they don't feel like they can do that if they're not moving the needle for you. So that was my first impression around this is that maybe the frustration, because I've definitely experienced that again, like I said, more on the man side, because like sometimes I'm just like, yo, bro, there's no <laughs> if there were, what's the solution? Like, I can't be talking in circles about this thing. We've talked about yeah. this like five times now, six times now. Like, what's the, um, like, I had a mentor who was like, if you complain about something three times, you're obligated to find a solution. And I kind of like that. I kind of abide by that, which is why, like, you know, I'll, like, my leg will be falling off and I, like, won't even say anything because I'm just like, I know I'm not going to go to PT, you know? So I'm just not going to fucking talk about it because I just know myself and I'm not going to do anything about it. So yeah. I think I've, I probably come down a little bit more like the husband. It doesn't mean that there can't be bad things, but I think for me, if it's just always bad and it's always the same thing, I might be like, let's figure this out. Is mm-hmm. it just, we got to just get our mind right because the line at school is going to be long and we just got to like, you know, we got to like just get our mind right around it because there is no alternative or can we pick them up 30 minutes later so they don't have to wait in the line. Like to me, that's sort of where I would go with it. I really like that perspective and I think it gives him a little bit more credit than I probably was giving him. So I think that's a great side. <laughs> Although we don't know. That's only, we've yeah. only heard one side. So I'm just projecting. Totally. But. No, no. And I think it's great. I, I actually think that's a really perfect uh, assessment of the scenario and probably more likely than not the the answer is that – He's probably like, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. So like, what do you want me to do? And I think it can feel that way, especially when you, and, and it doesn't matter like whether it's the male or female, but when you're on the side of hearing complaining about something, which venting and complaining is a, th- is a, s- a small line, right? You're venting maybe one day, but if it's every single day, then it turns into feeling like it's complaining. And even if you're 99% of the time, um, happy, grateful, whatever, but you're complaining about the same things daily, it's kind of like that little tiny rock in your shoe, right? Like at first it's fine. You can walk, but you're like hiking miles and miles. Pretty soon that little rock is going to get really annoying. It's going to hurt. It's going to create like a blister in your, in your foot and it's going to just get bigger and bigger. So 
ultimately, I think it could be both sides also. I think it could be his perception because mm-hmm. it, it may not be complaining, but if he's perceiving it that way, then it, he's perceiving it the way he's perceiving it. And then the other piece is that if there's no solution, then he's feeling maybe a little bit helpless. So he's like, I don't want to hear it because I can't help you. And it makes me feel inadequate. Right. And no, nobody likes to feel inadequate, right? Like you don't want to feel like you're not good at being a partner. So not bringing it to him would help help that feeling. So I think you're right there. And I think there's also, and we've talked about this before, is, I don't know if delegating is the right word, but finding different people to get what you need, right? So if you have someone that you need to like complain to, maybe it's not your partner who who fills all those roles for you. Maybe it's your best friend or another mom who's sitting in the line that you can just text while you're in the line, like, Hey, where are you in line? You know, but I think it's really important too, to know who to bring your woes to. And yes, your partner, the person closest to you, the person you live with, you want to be able to share all those things with, but you also have to recognize what's on their plate. So this could also be a season thing. Maybe he's overwhelmed with work. He's got other things going on. So details about your life, even though you were like, Hey, you're home from work. I want to share everything I've been going through. He's coming home like he's got a lot going on from work and doesn't have the capacity. And we all have to like, we even need to know our boundaries ourselves and what we're able to handle and tolerate. So there are times in my life where I'm going through shit and like, let's say Jeff has some problems. It's like, I really can't be there for you right now in the way I want to be. Like not because I don't want to, but just because I have so much going on, I'm not able to. And same with a friend. And you know, like you and I have had conversations where like, can you just listen to me for this right now? And I think we've been in places where most of the time we can hold it down for each other. But I totally know that if you couldn't, you would tell me that. You'd be like, now I just can't, (laughs) I can't like hold this space for you in this moment, but I love you and I'm sure you're going to figure it out. And sometimes that's also really necessary and needed. So I think that he's saying that right now he can't, maybe he's just not saying it in the most eloquent, nice to hear way. But in his way, he's telling you, I'm just not able to hold space Mm. for that right now. If you can hear that, then you can make it not about you and not about your relationship. But maybe it's just he's got so much in his own space. And we can't minimize that just because, and it's funny because as women, we tend to take on a lot more. Like we have the work and the kids and the old relationship and this and that. And we just want to tell them this one thing. And you're like, all you do is go to work. But men also are very linear thinkers and they don't tend to... um, don't tend to multitask. And so it's very hard for them to have a lot of those things juggling, right? So just because they can't handle it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. It just means they're different. And if that's something that's really important to you to be able to share or unload so you feel better, then I would suggest trying to find a good friend that you can both relate in that way. And then maybe revisit it in a couple of months because it could just very well be a stressful time in his life or whatever's going on that he just can't handle this at the, at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, it's such a good reminder that people have their own shit going on and we can't always assume. I will say that, it, you know, and I think this comes up sometimes in relationships using absolute language, like you're always negative or you're never optimistic or, and I think this is really unfair for anyone who uses this language. You know, this is definitely something that has come up in my relationship where, one of us will say like, you always do this or like, I feel like you always blah, blah, blah. And then like, if Keith will say that to me, I'll say, I'll just go like always, like always <laughs> I do that. And he's like, well, not always, but and I'm like, okay, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest on both sides. So I think 
it's okay to maybe ask him if he's like, you know, I need more positivity or you're always negative or you're always venting. I think it's okay to say, is that really your true assessment? Because my mm. perception is that 99% of the time, I'm actually really grateful. And it's really only like 5% of the time that I want to be able to vent because something in life is kind of annoying. And so I understand that maybe like, and, and maybe this is a negativity bias, right? Like maybe he only like really notices the mm. negative stuff and that just sticks out so much more in his mind. So I think it's okay and valid to say, you know, you use the term, I'm always like this. And I feel like that's a little bit unfair because from my perspective, it really is only like 5% of the time, to be honest. I feel like I'm, you know, and then just say, is your truth that I'm always negative? Is that like truly your truth? And I think if you put it in front of him and say it in that way, he'll be like, well, no, it's not always. And you're like, okay. Because yeah. like, I think it's important to like have an actual, like an honest assessment of like, like how much time you're really spending complaining and being negative. And it sounds like it's not that much. It just sounds like his perception of it is that it's all the time. And your perception of is it's this tiny bit of time. And so I think maybe you just need to have that conversation and be like, we're just seeing this from two different angles. And maybe you don't see the times in which I'm grateful or things are going good or I'm, I'm happy, I'm in joy and I'm not annoyed. I, it would be actually really, I don't know, I would love if you would start noticing those times. And so it doesn't always feel like you're, I almost feel like you're looking for the negative stuff. You're waiting for me to complain. And I feel like that's also not fair to me as well, because now it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. You're thinking you've already labeled me as negative. So then anything I do say that is, could be construed as complaining or being negative, you're like, see, I knew it. She's negative. And then like all of a sudden it becomes this like, you know, negative feedback loop. So I think it's okay to just assess what the actual like, what the actual situation is. And maybe you guys are just seeing it from a different perspective. I love having that conversation because I definitely have had those where totally. we've had the always and I'm like, wait a second, you, you never, think I'm always you this always, way? Right. And then and then it is like, oh, no, you're actually not that way. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you because <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> yes. I, I think that's a really great conversation to have because it can also soften. I, I, I've seen it with in my relationship where it's softened each other like yeah. that either I've said always and just brought to my attention like are you sure and I'm like actually no sorry and then I have to apologize or the other way around and he apologizes but it tends to soften the relationship and soften the conversation to where can there's, each other there's less de yeah there's less defensiveness and we can see like okay I can see how you can see it that way but also can you see it from my side as well? And yep. it's really like putting yourselves in each other's shoes and going, yep. hey, and, and maybe this is the conversation too, is like, let, let me try to see how you're seeing it. Because from my perspective over here, I feel like I'm 90% of the time positive. I'm doing this. I'm grateful. I'm happy. I'm joyful. And yet sounds like from your perspective, I'm complaining all the time. And so I'm just wanting to see what you see. And it might be where he's like, you know, you're right. I'm not, you're not like that all the time. And even just that right there can help. And then you can say, you know what? It is important for, to me. I really would like to be able to vent. I would like to be able to say some of these things, but I understand if it feels like complaining to you and maybe I can, and maybe you come up with some kind of um, rules around the conversation. You can say, Hey, I want to vent about something. Are you available for this? And if he's like, no, then you go, okay, cool. You're going to have to find someone else to vent about it with, or something like that to where you can communicate better 
and where you don't have to hold it all in and feel like you can't talk to your partner, but maybe there's a time for it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like once a week you go, hey, okay, on, it's called dumping Sundays and I just let it all out and you listen and you don't say anything and then we just sweep it under the rug and we make out on video and then we go back to life. <laughs> but you know, that's a good reminder because I think that um, like if you're venting about something to your partner like it doesn't even need to be like a long conversation. I know for me, the times where I just want to be like, this fucking sucks. And Keith is just like, I'm sorry, babe, that does suck. And that's all I need. Actually. I actually don't want to talk about it for an hour at all. You know? So I think it's okay to say like, Hey, can you just like agree with me that it sucks? And then I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like the, the line sucks. And that's all you need to say. Or Keith will be like, ah, this thing. And I'm like, ah, that sucks. I'm sorry. And that's literally it. So I think it's okay to just validate and then move on. Now, again, to your earlier point, if it like keeps coming up and like we keep having to talk about it, then it's like you got to look at yourself and be like, am I just being VC, like playing the victim card? Mm-hmm. Am I just always needing to be the one who like is having it the, the worst? Am I, do I martyr myself out? Like if it's this constant and you need to talk about it for hours, like that to me is dysfunctional. I think it's totally normal to just want someone to say, yes, that sucks. And then you guys can both move on. Like to me, I'm like, it's totally fine to just be like, yeah, it sucks. Like there are some things in life that just fucking suck. And it's okay to just say like, yeah, I'm feeling like, like for right now, I'm a little bit under the weather and I just got off like a two hour call with my clients and I like have a little bit of a headache and I got off and Keith was there and I was just like, oh, I just like feel like ass. And he's like, I'm sorry, babe. And then it was just like, you know, I think we have some Advil upstairs. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And she like gave me a big hug and like I took some Advil and like that was the whole thing. I think it's yeah. okay if it's like something like that, but you guys can continue to move forward once it's acknowledged. But again, if it's this constant, like if I was like just complaining about being sick for like a fucking week, he'd be like, all right, Jill, like <laughs> go to the doctor, you know, like right. figure this out. So I think maybe try to get clinical with how often or how much or how long these conversations need to have around venting. Because even if I want to vent to you, I would say the longest we even talk about something and like, you know, I don't want to say gossip, but like more vent about something and just like talk about how bad something is like a couple minutes. It's always like five, 10 minutes max. Then we move on to the next thing because it's like I got what I needed. I got you to agree with me that it's bad. And then it's like, okay, cool. What's next? So I don't think that these things have to be these really long conversations. Yeah. I think timing matters too. So it's really about being aware of where people are. So what I mean by that is the moment someone walks in the door from work is probably not the time because then it does feel like dumping, right? And and I don't yeah. know because I don't – one, I don't have children and two, I don't have a partner that leaves for work and then comes home like let's say a nine to five and comes home at six o'clock every night. However, um, I grew up in that kind of household, right? My dad would come home from work at a certain time and so sometimes my mom – and I remember seeing them go to marriage – counseling and and talk about this, which my dad would come home and then my mom would just like start unloading all of the stuff of her day on him. And I remember their, one of their counselors asking my mom to give him time to like have a snack, eat, kind of unwind before they started having these Mm. conversations. And I think that's really important. Like I know if you're, let's say if you're home all day or even if you work too, but you've got the kids and you just picked something up, you pick them up and maybe just something stressful just happened. They walked in, you're like, oh, you're here. Let me tell you what happened. It's like, 
hold that thought for a minute, put it on the shelf, let them decompress because they were just sitting in traffic and they just had a whole mm. day to come off of. Mm. Let them get a drink. Let them go to the bathroom. Let them decompress. Maybe wait until after dinner. And then it doesn't come off as such uh, like a heightened emotional experience. Yeah. It doesn't feel as much like dumping. And, I, and I'm only saying that I don't know if that's how that looks, but I just remember seeing that um, in my parents modeled growing up and having the conversation. Like <laughs> We went to family counseling and there was a lot of marriage counseling going on between my parents there. But I just remember the counselor really ha- coaching my mom to kind of back off on that kind of stuff. And it makes sense. You know, if, if I was gone all day and I got home and then suddenly like I got the whole household just dumped on me, I'd be like, what? just let me chill a little bit. So timing is really important it, when you're bringing things up even if it's venting, even if it's not complaining, even if it's none of those things you just want to share, sharing at the right time is also really, really important. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm glad you said that. That's totally true. Um, yeah, especially like if Keith gets home, we've had this conversation too, because like he works 24 hour shifts. So I've had the conversation of like, hey, if something's bothering me and you're at work, like, should I bring it up to you at work? And he's always just like, yeah, don't like hold on to it. If it's like something big, of course, like just call me at work. I'll figure it out. Like we can have a conversation there. But I try not to like when he gets in the door, like dump on him right away. Always try and be like, have like a nice moment first. Like I'm glad you're home. Like good to see you. Hug and kiss. And then be like, and then, you know, while we're like having coffee or something in the morning, just be like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about this or this happened or whatever, you know? So I love that you brought that up. That's definitely... So good to remember because I think sometimes, especially if we are stressed, something is annoying to us, it's it's top of mind. It's sometimes hard Mm -hmm. to not talk about it, right? Because it's so front and center in your mind. But I think this is just a good practice in general in terms of self-control and uh, emotional sort of steadfastness to be able to hold something that you want to talk about. It's not like we're saying stuff it down that you want to talk about, but to it's almost like if you're hungry, right? Like, like just surf the hunger for like 30 minutes or 60 minutes, right? Same exact thing here. Like just surf that like negative emotion. And it's hard because this is your person. Like she was kind of saying in the thing, like I should be able to talk to my partner about this, my number one person. Yes, you should. But I, I agree with you. I think timing definitely matters and like environment matters. And he'll probably be more receptive too if it is in a time where he's more relaxed and doesn't feel like, you know, and I'm not, again, we don't know that that's necessarily the case, but if it is, then I agree. That's really great advice. Yeah. I I think that the same conversation could be had at different times and be taken out completely different. Totally. Where the right moment and the relaxed moment can be taken as like venting and they're cool and they're like, hey, that sucks. And the wrong moment could be like feeling like you're being dumped on and complaining. And so I think that can definitely affect how it's received. And it's not to say it's on the person's, it's not anyone's fault. It's just, there's a lot of factors in this. And so it's not like he's, and she asked, is there a right or wrong? I don't think there's a right or wrong. I don't think anyone is right or wrong. I think that there are some things that can be looked at and say, is this the issue that's coming up? Is this issue that's coming up? Is it a, is it a communication? Is it a timing issue? There's a lot of things that it could be. But I don't think necessarily anyone is right or wrong here. I just think that there could be a couple of things that might be adjusted or talked about that might make it where she can share with him and he can receive it better or they can work out or she can find someone else to talk to about it. But I I think that they can get to a place where she can share more often with him just in a different way. And potentially it's about timing. Who knows? And I also think like if you're in a relationship and you don't believe that you are some way it's okay to like not let someone call you that. So for example, if he's just like, you're negative, that's different than, 
hey, like I feel like sometimes you're negative. That's totally Mm. different, right? So is he calling you a negative person or is he saying at times you can come off negative, right? Those are two different ways. So for example, if you're in a relationship and the person's like, you're, you're, you're always negative, like, and you don't feel like you are, that's a, that's an issue. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So yes, the absolutely go back to the absolute language, but I think it's okay and I, it's, I have another friend whose partner also said she was negative. And I was like, that's a different, that's different. And you don't have to take that. You don't have to accept that. But if someone says at times you are negative, I think it's okay to look at that, you know? So it's totally different. It's, it's the, the difference between, I don't know, or like you, you calling your boyfriend or your husband, like you're like, Hey, you're an asshole versus like, Hey, you're kind of acting like an asshole right now. Mm -hmm. So I think also look at the distinctions. And if it's not true for you, don't let someone just call you negative. If that's not true for you, like you have a say too. you say, Hey, if you see me as negative, that's totally fine. Now I'm not saying there's not times where I am negative. And I think that's everyone, but I feel like it's unfair to just call me a negative person. That's actually not. And also like, why would you want to be with someone who was a negative person, right? Like to me, if someone was like calling me, like saying, I do this all the time or I'm, then I'm like, that's your problem, bro. You're with someone, <laughs> right? You're with someone who you think you don't respect, you know? And right. I'm not saying that's, that's the case in this scenario, but yeah. I think it's okay to, to look at the language and also defend yourself too, if that's not your truth. Yeah. I love that. I don't know. I think it's a good conversation. I'm curious as to how you will resolve it and how it will come about. And I think this would helpful. I mean, even just talking about it myself made me um, think about some things. And I think that anyone listening who's ever been in a relationship is going to relate in some way and have had probably some of these issues. And you know, these conversations are never easy to have, but they tend to always end up bringing you closer and having a more connection afterwards. So totally. I think if this is a struggle, this is can be something that brings you both closer in understanding each other and creating more intimacy probably that you would like. So yeah. hopefully it helps. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for the question. And y'all, if you have any other questions or things that you would love for us to cover, you can always send us a DM at the Best Life Podcast on Instagram. And you can also get into our free Facebook group by going to thebestlifepodcast.com and clicking on the link to join our free Facebook group and pop in there. We do keep everything private in there. So if you have anything that you would love for us to talk about, it could be question, comments, anything you want us to riff on, please go ahead and hit us up and we'll do an episode on it. Love it. We'll see y'all on the next episode. All right. Bye, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.